So welcome to another Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. This week, I'm delighted to introduce Lisa East, Managing Director of The Thinking Cap. And Lisa's an expert in all things sort of social media and platforms and content. So we're going to explore why anyone can and should be interesting on social media. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thanks very much. That's okay. Nice to see you. I know it's... Uh, the first time you've been in the podcast, you mentioned in the the uh, off air that it's been on your bucket list. So I'm I'm, I'm glad we can help you take something off. Uh, I will be kind to you so that you you hopefully enjoy the experience. So th- welcome to the impact sessions. Great, thank you very much. It's good to Excellent. be here. Excellent. Well, let's explore something. First of all, we're looking at things like content creation, how anyone could or should be more interesting, as we've said, um, and why a lot of people struggle with the concept and you know even though they've got time on their hands are not particularly comfortable or confident or in some cases capable of, of writing uh, or engaging on social media so um but i always start with a bit of a potted history potted history of lisa east um where did you come from what was your career uh, when and how and why did you set the thinking cap so i suspect that you weren't setting the thinking cap up at the start of your career because social media may or may not have been around to the level it is now but yeah. Give us a bit. Of, give us a bit of background, please. Okay. Well, when I left school, social media was uh, not a thing. So um, <laughs> um, when I originally um, started my career, it was in print and direct mail. So it was all offline stuff. Mm-hmm. So I used to be an account manager, um, increased um, sales departments, things like that. So um, what people call junk mail. Mm-hmm. I basically went out and managed accounts who did a lot of um, direct mail um, for the big companies in Leeds, like Communicis, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I progressed and managed my own department, which was data profiling, which gave me a real insight into why people react, what makes people click. But it was all offline. There was no social media, Facebook mm-hmm. demographics or anything then. It was all um you know, lifestyle data. Why did somebody respond to a coupon or competition? So that really gave me a bit of fire in my belly um, to do something more along that line. Um, so that that's the science behind engagement, isn't it, really? Even yeah. if it was offline. And yeah. I guess print is just, uh, as, as the younger generation listening to this was, print was just sort of uh, hard copy social media, really, wasn't it? In the, in, yeah. If you think of it like that. Yeah, and can you get the address right? If the postcode's on, the address is right, and the postman can get it in the letterbox, that's that's what's now called reach on social media, I suppose. Mm. You know, the postman's not going to get attacked by the dog and can get it in the letterbox. That's then hitting somebody's feed, mm. like feeding a doormat. It's obviously very different. Um, you know, the children now, and my son who's 12, will not know what direct mail is. They'll probably never receive anything, um, you know, in the post, uh, everything according to them is um, on the screen. Mm. Okay, so. I mean, I, I like I like the fact that the grounding that you had was based around you know science and knowledge and and you know really understanding the demographic of the customer because that would lend itself really well to the transference into sort of what you do now. When did Thinking Cap come about? And what was the what was the yeah. catalyst like? Well, I got. Um, I moved from direct mail and print into agencies. So I moved to the client side um, and I was a very, very good account manager at an agency purely because I used to work on the other side of the fence. So I knew what 
people needed before they knew what they needed. Mm. Um, and I was a bit sick of lining somebody else's pocket. Mm. You know, I was doing all the work. I was doing the sales, the DM, the, the account management. And I just thought um, it was time to start a family. I had Stanley um, 12 years ago uh, and a bit. And, and I just thought I need to be more flexible for him, you know, mm. with school drop-offs. Um, my husband had a really um, high-powered job. He was never really there. I knew that would land on my, um, you know, on, on my shoulders to do. And I just thought I'll start my own agency. So 11 years ago, I started the Thinking Cap. Um, originally, the customers were more, can you do this print job? Can you clean the database? Can you tell me who my customers are, the profile, buying data, helping them with the science behind what works. Mm. And then gradually people stopped doing mailings because of the postage prices went up massively. Yeah. Um, TNT and Royal Mail all of a sudden had different competition. It wasn't just them um, and people confused and a lot of people stopped altogether and mm. did email marketing. I think we yeah. had a we had a, a sort of seminal moment or two where the world thought, right, let's stop sending anything hard copy, an email, an email marketing, and, and certainly before social media, and then social media itself became the only sort of show in town. I'm, I'm not convinced that it should be the only show in town, and we'll explore that a little bit, but uh, there was a, a distinct shift, particularly in sales teams that I was working with at the time, who was just suddenly becoming, you know, we'll, well, we'll, just, we'll just send emails. But the, the, unlike you, they didn't have the science behind them. They're just like, you know, bombarding people using MailChimp and other things. Yeah. Before GDPR, it, it was just like the Wild West, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. And there was no segmentation. Mm. You know, every, it was the same message to everybody. Mm. And then they wondered why, you know, people were dropping like flies and unsubscribing and um, replying, get me off your mailing list and... And, and so, yeah, so, I mean, I started doing email marketing because of that. And, and I was trying to tempt people to, okay, let's mail certain people and let's email other people mm. and let's test it. So, so I carried on doing mailings, smaller versions of short run personalized print jobs um, and email marketing. And then social media came in and it was a bit of let's keep everything you know all the plates spinning do a bit of everything mm. um and yeah so it's gradually changed you know i only do email newsletters for one customer now um i still do the impacts for people mm. um you know and and i outsource design because i know what has the impact and since covid you know dm has had a massive increase um, for those who don't know that, direct, direct mail is... is, is yeah, DM. DM. It's sorry, a, yeah. yeah. Sorry, people who are going D, DM. Yeah, yeah, it's something different. Message. Generationally, it means something different now, I think. The thing is, Nick, you know, DM now is direct message. Exactly. In the inbox. So, yeah, so that's a good point, actually. Um, so, yeah, so the increase of um, the open rate for direct mail um, has increased since lockdown. Hmm. For brands who are... Um, targeting their products and services at consumers we're sitting ducks now you know well, i was going to say it's a lot harder for b2b because the yeah. b2b recipients are not in their b environment i.e you know they're working from home rather than working from corporate or they're working yeah. from uh home instead of working in a in a work environment so i guess b2b direct mail is is a nightmare but b2c like you say we're literally sitting ducks aren't we for that yeah, yeah. and i've tried i do direct mail as part of my whole strategy and then I used to mail people at the business address 
and mm. I have to, I've had to wipe that out completely now. Mm. Um, so that's not obviously something that's it's going to sit under a year's worth of post before they get to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to. Start, however good it'll be, it's not going to stand out when the kids clearing the decks. No, is it really? no, no. okay. Not. So I'm intrigued then in terms of the transition. So you've transitioned, and 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 I, I definitely think that the principles of what you've built your career on are valid as a transferable skill into email marketing and very much so into social media. Um, are you self-taught in the social media area? When did you get into it? When did that become you know, a, a, a real cornerstone of the thinking cap then? Yeah, I mean, I've done loads of masterclasses as in other people's mm -hmm. self-taught. Um, uh, you know, I've done a few classes where um, I've covered it. A lot of my experiences, I've been in the sales team. I've been an account manager. I've been at lots of different companies. Mm. Over the years, I've managed a lot of people's marketing. I've only just niched into social media in the last year. Mm. I used to do all the marketing, um, sales and marketing consultancy for a variety of different companies. Yeah. Um, I know how people like to work. I know what people's um, worries are, um, depending on their industry. Um, a lot of people in the print industry don't like to be on socials because it's against what they do. Their mm. customers go on social media and don't print, they're out of business. Yeah. A lot of printers don't want to do certain things because they can't mention the customer because Joe Bloggs printer down the road knows their rate card and will pinch them. Yeah. So I know I know there's a lot of insecurities around what people are happy to post, especially if it's on behalf of their company. If it's not their company and they're just a member of staff. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very much self-taught um, and, you know, a lot of my business experience um, feeds into it as well because it, it's not, it's easy to say it's just common sense hmm. uh, because it isn't to everybody. Well, common, um, sense, common sense isn't that common, by the way, is it? You know, we, yeah. I think that's a phrase that we're all probably uh, uh, familiar with and, uh, you know, we see that a lot. If those of us who go into businesses, you know, I, I've been in businesses and, and and the turnover, you know, significant amounts of, uh, of turnover and revenue and profit. And that's almost despite themselves. And you think to yourself, good grief, you know, if you, how, how have you got to this? And it might be luck, judgment or opportunity. But OK, well, listen, I'd like to explore. We touched on from a direct mail point of view, we're a captive audience as consumers. But as COVID-19 for business owners and business people and sales professionals and key account managers, has that created a good opportunity or has it been more of a challenge with them getting their message out the other way, you know, in terms of uh, reaching their audience? We've got homeschooling, we've got furlough, we've got all the other pressure of that. Is it a good time in a lockdown to get active with your content strategy? Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, I know it depends on the person, um, the size of the house, how many kids, it, it all depends on everybody is completely different and and it, and you can't really pigeonhole um, anybody really as to how easy they're having it or how difficult they're finding it personally or, you know, in business. Um, there are lots of pluses and minuses to um, being locked down with regards to business because you have to you have to concentrate on it. You know, you've not got a lot of the office um, interruptions that you would normally have. You don't have the commute, so you should have longer to do it. Mm. But, but but on the flip side to that there's more distractions is if you've not got children there's a tv there mm. with netflix on it and you might want to finish something off you were watching last night <laughs> um there's lots of distractions um 
it, it, and, and basically the other thing is as well, you can be sitting in a room um, and, and you've got your plan, but people feed from people. Mm. And if they're working on their own or the families around them and whether there's distractions or not, some people feed from the drive and the commute to work might spark an idea or talking to somebody in the kitchen at work or just having banter in the office could spark content and they're not having that anymore. It's a bit of creativity, isn't it? It's that, you know, it's very hard to be creative if you live in isolation. Yeah. Uh, it's much more to be creative as a tribe of people, I guess, isn't it? Whether that's, like you say, interacting on the commute in on a train or bus or drive or listening to something on the radio which you're not listening to because you're not commuting anymore all those things can spark yeah. you mentioned the word plan though that's interesting i'm a i'm an avid um um i guess warrior for the sales plan i think a lot of businesses um seem to go from you know wanting to another they seem to sort of ride out sort of i don't know crests of waves and slumps and things without that much of a plan yeah. so Talk to me about a content plan. Should a business, well, I know the answer, should a business have a content plan, but what, what's a content plan going to look like for them and how many businesses have you seen who've just not got anything in place, they just randomly ad hoc, you know, create something, bang it out there? Yeah, I've worked with lots and lots of companies and some of them have business plans. Mm. Um, some of them have marketing plans, um, but none of them tend to have content plans. So the difference is obviously the business plans, where the business is going and what they need to do financially and blah, 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 machinery and all that kind of stuff. Um, the marketing plan is what they need to do to get somewhere, what they're going to market. Is it a product? Is it a service? What month? But the content plan is how do you do that? Mm. What content is everything you see on the screen? Yeah. Anything that lands on the doormat, anything that... So it can be a blog, a press release, it can be, um, you know, tips and hints and it can be previews, it can be testimony, anything that you can see and read on the screen is content. Mm. But people don't have a plan of that because it kind of they either wing it yeah. or they don't um, or the planet. Um, and, what, yeah, what, have you, what have you seen? What have you seen that people have tried and sort of think, oh, I've got a content plan and you look at it and go, not really. It's not much of a plan, that to be fair. What what are the things that that, that people misread as being organised on content and social media? Then, yeah, I've seen a lot of people do one blog a month. Right. And blogs blogs are great. You know, I do. Um, you know, I'm a massive advocate for blogs. Mm -hmm. Um, but they think one a month, and they just put it on the website. Right. That is it. So that nobody will see it unless they go to the website. Yeah. Um, they don't even use it. You know, there's lots of things I tell people to do with blogs, even, even if it's creating an email footer to say, read our latest blog. Mm. And every member of staff do it till mm. you have another new blog, um, sending it in a newsletter and obviously putting it on your socials, yeah. you know. And also a blog to me, if you've spent the time doing it, create a LinkedIn article with it and copy and paste everything into an article mm. because your LinkedIn people will then see you've done an article but they might not necessarily read your newsletter yeah. or go to your website multi-purpose isn't it a blog a, a blog you know is a multi-purpose vehicle if used correctly you know like you say you can cut and you can cut pieces out you can use tasters and teasers and all that kind of thing but if you just sat on your website in a i i liken that i say to people you know you should be on the, the high street with your 
doors wide open, all your lights working and welcoming people in. You know, if you've got a blog on your website, you're down the back alley behind the bins next to the old Chinese restaurant that's been closed for two years and no one can find you, can you? It's pointless, yeah. isn't it? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. and it's just, it's telling everybody it's there. Okay, well, let's let's talk a bit more about actual content. And we talked about people being interesting or relevant or, you know, just thought-provoking, etc. Um, You've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. You've got Pinterest, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Is it any wonder that people don't know where to start? It is. And, and the problem a lot of people make is they think they need to be on them all. Yeah. Yeah, and then they spread themselves too thin, have burnout, pull the hair out, don't bother. And it then must be almost impossible to manage all of those channels. I mean, there's very few businesses, I would imagine, need to be on all of those. And there's a few more that I haven't mentioned as well. But, you know, surely that would just... I know businesses have a social media manager. Their job is to, you know, crack, crack content out on these platforms. But you can burn that out quite quickly, can't you, really? So, um, so where do you start then? What would you, you know, as a business... I'm sat here thinking, I know I should be doing more content and I know I should be doing something interesting or relevant. And we talk about blogs as one area, but that's about, you know, what do we do with it? But where do I start? Where do I start as a business with all that opportunity? What do I do? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do when I um, speak to any new customers is to ask them what they're wanting to achieve. Mm-hmm. Are they wanting brand awareness? Are they wanting to sell a certain products? Obviously, it's probably both. Um, and and what is the product if they already have a database of people who have bought from them then um, you can always um, profile the data which is going right back to my beginning of my um, you know experience Mm. in work find out what kind of age group what's the lifestyle and from that you can work out what platforms are more than likely going to be on Um, if you've got a following on LinkedIn um, then obviously that that's more you've got your business platforms mm-hmm. and you've got your your personal consumer platforms um, another good way to start is um, you know no matter which platform you're on um, you will have a following and like on Facebook you can do you can push notifications to people who have already liked your page if you mm. wanted to do adverts. So it's quite easy to um, to work out what platform a customer should be on. Well, you say that it's, it's easy. For, it's, yeah, it's easy for you to do that, I guess, and it's easy in high with with uh, not hindsight so much as just a helicopter view. B two B, get yourself on LinkedIn. B two C, Facebook, Pinterest visual medium stick yourself on instagram and maybe do something crazy on tiktok but that's still all well and good saying that we know where to start then but why do people not then why do people not is it is it i'm gonna ask you a question copywriting i.e good written content Mm -hmm. or visual as in designed content yeah what's what's the best what what will get me the best return It depends on your medium. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you are on social media and you want to stop the scroll. Text won't do that, an image would. Right. So first things first, if you're on social media, you need a really good image to stop the scroll. And then, obviously, the writing behind it. It has to be, um, are you going to keep on reading down? So if you are sending an email newsletter, 
it's the title that lands in your inbox. Right. Because yeah, that's all the C, don't they? You only see yeah. the one line, so that one line's got to hook them in. Yeah. If it's a blog, then it's the um, the image, depending on, obviously, it'll get pulled through in your socials to stop mm -hmm. the feed, but it's your first paragraph. So it, it varies. Um, obviously, you need people to read a whole blog. Um, copywriting is, is hard to do. It's hard to get it right. Mm -hmm. um, and you need the right keywords in it. You know, um, I mean, I've written blogs before that, um, before I've even shared it anywhere. I've had somebody ring me asking me for a price and they sold amazing bean bags from New Zealand that imported and they're from Manchester, mm. not, not in my network. And he'd rung me because he'd seen a blog that I'd up, uploaded onto my website just because of the keywords and something that I'd searched for on Google mm. the day after. Um, so it's, you know, that, that's quite a one-off. So are you, would you would you say using professional advice and support? You particularly, I see. I think copywriting is a, a real skill, and and I know a number. Um, you know, Katie Thompson springs to mind, and Katie's been a guest on the podcast uh, previously. She runs a company called Katie Lingo in York, and she's a very proud freelancer. And um, you know, she's really really good at what she does, and and she works with other people who are really really good at what they do. The challenge, I guess, is do people value the expertise that a professionally trained copywriter can bring to your content plan? I don't think people do value it as much as they should. Um, I think if it took Katie a day to write a really good blog and her day rate was a certain amount, people would think, what? I could get somebody to do my socials for a month. Yeah. What they need to think about is, Okay, that's the day rate. And I will repurpose that to yeah. do social media internally. Mm. I, I always want people to do the socials themselves. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, the, the living it, the breathing it. Can I, can I just stop you there? It's also, to be fair, it's also a pain in the ass to do someone else's social. Is it not? Is it, let, let's, let's be totally honest. It is a pain in the ass to manage somebody else's social. That's one of the reasons why I'm called the thinking cap because right. I'm constantly having customers' hats. What hat have I got on now? Yeah. Um, it is hard from personal point of view, dipping in and out of other people's socials. Mm. Um, you know, I've managed a few different companies and they're very varied and you've got to get behind the persona of the customer. What mm. do they want to hear constantly and, and being on different platforms, acting like you work for them. And it is hard. It's is that where the name came from, the thinking cap? They're multiple hats and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it. Like oh. it. Could have asked actually where it came from, but no, we've got we've got we've got there <laughs> through a little bit of a ramble towards it from my viewpoint. I apologize for not maybe asking that early. But right. uh, so so the likes of your Katie's of this world, your likes of your professional creatives design even video producers, you know, there's a value to them. I, my, my advice to businesses is stick to what you're good at, stick to knowing what you're good at and pay other people to do the stuff that you're not. Um, I'm assuming, obviously, as a, as a, as a consultancy training and, and coaching type business, you're an advocate of that. Um, have you seen people try and then they just go, ah, social media doesn't work because it doesn't work for me. Is that something you've commonly seen with people? You know, they, they give it a go badly and then they blame social media itself. Um, some people don't give it long enough. Mm. 
the the don't blame the platform it's but but they don't give it long enough Mm. a lot of people um i mean when i do work for anyone i make sure it's for a minimum of three months yeah some people um generally give it a month and you have to keep if you're doing it yourself yeah it's a long time if you're doing your own social media and the planning and and the posting Mm. as well as doing your day job yeah um and it can feel like it's longer and if you don't see the interaction like you see everybody else is having why bother i've got nothing interesting to say why would they listen to me or and and it's a bit of a that's it i'm not going to bother and then they see a month down the line the interaction and the engagement somebody else is having mm. maybe a competitor and it's like well i need to be doing this yeah but you need to be consistent and keep doing it not just dipping in and out when you've got a spurt of energy to do it yeah. you need to keep doing it to get the awareness going you mentioned about you know i've got nothing interesting to say or i don't think i've got anything interesting so, some some businesses are quite dry and, and I'm sure those who work in the businesses that are dry know who they are and know what they are. You know, how the hell do you get inspired if you've got a pretty dry, maybe you're a service provider, maybe you're professional services, maybe you haven't got an interesting product. You know, how do you create content if what you do day to day is perceived and that might even be by you to be just fairly mundane? It is hard, um, but you've got to take a step back. And I think that's where if you outsource anything to somebody like me comes in, because I see it from a different point of view. Mm. I'm starting to work with um, a group of accountants in March. And, you know, the content is good because to me, um, I'm quite excited by it. Although accountants with a sense of humour are quite hard to find. So right. people think um, but I will bring it out in their feeds I mean because they're professional it doesn't mean to say they have to be boring and dry Mm. and look professional all the time yes they do on some of the posts and the facts and the tips and um and bits and pieces that we'll be posting about will be very factual will be um honest and reliable and really a good source of content that people will need to see dotted in between that the behind the scenes there'll be humorous things about accounting um you know and and there will be certain things in there that you've got to keep slipping in every now and again well you need the personality of the people as well and the, and the personality of the business i guess the dna of the business so you know, picking i mean i wasn't thinking accountants i'm saying i wasn't but i maybe was you know account accountants they they know it's not their problem but it is their challenge that you know people's perception of it is it's a bit dry and a bit dull and all a bit sort of and they're not i know lots lots of really engaging articulate people but they're not particularly good at, at pressing the sales button and promoting themselves because they think it's just what we do you know i've heard loads of people meet a networking event they go oh yeah i'm just an accountant thinking why would you do yourself as just something you know um so this is about you looking sort of 360 at them and saying let's find the stories let's find the personality let's find the dna um so does that come to things like you know video for example where you got you might have a senior partner or put them on video and doing something that they might be uncomfortable with but it creates you know a little bit of a buzz or it creates a different perception or persona of that person and that kind of stuff yeah definitely and and a lot of the social media platforms algorithms work based on you doing a variety of different things just Mm. posting with an image boring is Mm. what they think you know, yeah, you can do it every day, but until you give me something different, like a video, an animation, a GIF, yeah. 
you know, something that is going to be different than your reach that they, the platforms give you are quite limiting. Mm. So I always mix it up. You've got to have different types of medium in there and videos are great. Yeah. Okay. I love a bit of animation, but I'm always in awe of the people who can just create anim- animation. You know, you can eat a picture page a thousand words, but animation's even better sometimes, isn't it? Because you, <laughs> you just do so much with it uh, in terms of flexibility. Um, one of the things I've seen you do recently was you created a, a promotional calendar for a particular business that, that, that you shared with me as part of the research for this. And um, do you want to explain the principle behind a promotional calendar? And, and, I guess the one I saw was for a year. How hard is it to think about what's happening in September when we just turned the clock on sort of March, which is when this will be going out? You know, six months away. How can you think about content in September? Yeah, well, it starts with a conversation, really. I mean, for me, it's quite easy for because I know I know I do them all the time, but um, it helps me. Um, it's like a discovery session. It's something mm-hmm. that I always start with when I take a new customer on. And we just write down January to December and I'll just say to the customer, you know, what's the peaks and troughs within your industry? Not sales, not, well, I'm really busy in July and it slows down near Christmas, not that. It's like, what makes people buy from you? What day, the, not what day of the month, but what month and why? So the, the particular customer that I was doing the promotional calendar for when we got started talking, was for um, a company who do diaries and journals and planners and notebooks. And they have, um, you would think it's January to December are their calendars, but the thing that's unique about them, you can start it in March and you can fin- you can have it for three months, six months. You can have it for 18 months. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there isn't a set pattern to when people buy, but people buy for gifts. So yeah. you've got your Mother's Day, your Father's Day. Yeah. Um, it's children's mental health week this week so mood diaries so for me I'm constantly thinking about what national days like the national you know um, diabetes day or people who run a marathon like I've got no chance of running a marathon I could have eaten a few in the 80s but marathons of course for those who don't know that was the yeah. that- precursor to a snickers bar but i'm with you i'm with you lisa so but people who want to run a marathon have got to plan it you know they're not just going to do it in you know in april they're going to have to do it a year in april so there's these jogger and running diaries you know so to me because i've seen that on his website okay when's the lead you know the great north run yeah marathon london marathon and and diarize these months so it's the do the fiscal calendars they do the the accountancy planners they do when would somebody do a notebook when would they start goals normally january you know let's fresh start fresh year new goals so it's things like that there's quite a lot of research goes into that then isn't it it's not like a like a random you know rinse and repeat we're going to do this in first quarter we'll do exactly the same in the second quarter you know there's quite a lot of research goes into that so is that where the skill set comes in from working with somebody like you is is that research for like you say the national days how can we how can we make the link and the connection between your know, national uh wellness week and a, and a planner um you know if I was the business owner selling the planners, I'm probably more concerned with manufacturing and, and, and importing the planners than I am thinking about how does this link to Wellness Week. So your role is then trying to think about we need a 
we need to look at the year as a whole and plot content that's going to be at the right time in the right place on the right platforms then yeah 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 so so it starts with i involve myself immerse myself within the company Mm. obviously i look at the website um and that's how i've been doing it recently because i can't physically go in i normally go in for a full day if it's manufacturing you know i get my still turkat boots on my high-vis jacket and i don't leave you know i'm taking photographs and i'm Mm. i'm looking at what's happening what products are being printed Right down to I did, um, I've done some work for a box manufacturer in Bradford mm-hmm. and they make boxes. Wow. You know, but, but to me, <clears throat> what kind of boxes do they do? They do loads of personal care. Mm-hmm. They do um, the vaping packaging. So they do, they do all sorts of different things like the COVID testing boxes was massive for them recently, but they do a lot of drinks packaging boxes. So gift boxes near Christmas for the drinks industry. They do lots of um, outside packaging for like um, distilleries because there's a lot of distilleries popping up um, just to put bulk bottles in. Um, And they just do anything that can come in a box. So where do you narrow that down? So you just kind of have to think in sectors. Um, And it helps them as well from when I go in, from how I plan things, they realise there's gaps on the website as well. But you'd look at that, the distillery stuff, you know, for example, gin's massive, isn't it? And, you know, it's it become a... So you'd look at that and go, there's probably a requirement for that more in September, October, November, when people are buying gin for presents and whatever. So that's how you plot that into the calendar. And you might have something else in the summer, something else in the, you know, whatever it might be. So that, it's, that, that's interesting. So... Yeah, it's focusing on... I mean, they also did, like, beard care sleeves for beard wax. Hmm. The National Beard Day, you might have known about that, Nick. I did, I did, I did know about it because you get yeah. loads of stuff thrown at you because people know, I know you got know you got a beard and people on social media go, it's National Beard Day or National <laughs> Ball Head Day or whatever. There's a blooming day for everything, by the way. There is, there is and that's why it's helpful to me, you see. Yeah. You've got to, you, don't, you don't ride all of them because it then just gets tacky. You yeah, just yeah. do the ones that, you know, are helpful. And- all, all, all I remember in my uh, um, uh, iPhone calendar is, is to battle the Boeing at some stage because they throw that in every year. I don't know, don't know why that's the default on, on a particular day. <laughs> National Beard Day, it tells me the battle the Boeing was on a particular day in whatever month it was in. So I apologise to those who are interested in history and the battle of the Boeing. I don't know what month or date it is, but it does pop up every now and again. So every, certainly every year in my, in my calendar. Um, so listen, do you reckon a business can generate enough leads and enough opportunities just by social media? Are we saying that now content and social media is is the only game in town or is there still a place for other activities then? Where would you say it sits? Yeah, I think everybody needs to do a mixture of everything, really. You know, they'll all have different customers on different platforms. So this is how I used to approach it years ago when I was in direct mail. Um, I used to look at somebody's database and I used to say to people, okay, everybody in that database, if you were to mail them Mm. and um, then you will find all of your sales staff, add up all of their LinkedIn connections, Mm. you will not have an overlap by more than probably one or two percent who yeah. you just mailed. Yeah. So if you're going to mail everybody in the mailing list, that's great because that's everybody you've got an address for. Mm. But then you've got your connections on LinkedIn. There will not be any person who are in both, probably. Yeah. So get posting on LinkedIn. Right. But then you'll find you'll have people on 
um, you know, a different platform. Again, if you're B2B and B2C, because I deal with some companies at both, you know, people who have ordered online will be different again to people who are on Facebook. Yeah. Who, but there will still be consumers. So these, you've just got to look and plan and write down everywhere where you've got data. And you will find there will be different people who will just be in one area, not both. So if you just do one thing, then you're just talking to that audience all the time and not everybody. It's so a real discipline, it. isn't it? I mean, I, I, you know, I always say to people, I'm a, I'm a sales professional, sales consultant, trainer, wherever it might be. And I always say one of the two things you need in sales is discipline and the other one's creativity. And never more so when we're talking about your specialisation at the thinking cap, which is, like you say, helping to create content you need discipline to know what who why where and you need creativity to engage and excite them so we'll finish on that without i'm going to ask you one more question is 2021 we, we still don't know this is going out in march we're recording this in early february but uh, it's going out in march um putting you putting your mystic meg um sort I'm of thinking hat on thinking hat on there you go see what, <laughs> see what you did there lisa see what you did there um what would you say it holds for you what you're working on right now and what's next um well i've got a few customers that i want to concentrate on and i want to develop the thinking cap into more of a nurturing masterclass training side mm -hmm. i think um i think the benefit of people who are being furloughed or working from home um, really need to be probably doing a bit of um, self-awareness on the platforms and if I can be there to help them do that um, then that's great you know what I'm wanting to do is to help people realize the potential mm. see the content that's at on um, and just run some master classes to to help people really they are sat on it already and that's the thing they're yeah. sat on it without knowing they're sat on it in some places so yeah, okay. yeah. and what realize they've got a voice you know and they've got something to say i know a lot of people think well what have i done that anybody could potentially be interested in mm. and and there's lots of information oh. that yeah all sorts. So on that note, I'd like to finish by sharing with those who watch this rather than uh, consume it audio. Um, I'll just share the two the slides that we finish with, which is basically saying, look, this is where the podcast's available. It's the Impact Sessions with Nick Bramley. You can search it on any of the usual pod podcast platforms. Uh, we host it on the uh, Impactus Group website and all the links and everything are going to be in the LinkedIn post that we post every Tuesday, which comes out uh, as a fresh episode every Tuesday morning. Um, I've got Lisa's contact details there. Uh, it's Lisa at thethinkingcap.co.uk. Um, all that remains for me to say, Lisa, is it's been really interesting. I'm really pleased that we've covered some areas that will hopefully let people think about the fact that they've already got more going on than they thought they had. So, you know what, just tap into it. If they can't tap into it, get a professional to help them because you're better off doing something great than nothing at all, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Nice to see you. This was that okay as a first time yeah. podcast? Bucket list. Yeah, I've ticked it off now, Nick. You're my first. Excellent. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm not going to go anywhere with that. Some of the listeners yeah. now, some of the listeners will know. I am biting my tongue on an industrial scale. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Lovely to meet you, Lisa, and I'll catch yep. you with you. Great. Thanks, Nick. Cheers. Bye.